Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. This is Hush Money, a show about all the money subjects you're too uncomfortable to talk about. But we're not. I'm Nicole Lappin, money expert and author of the books Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch. And I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And we believe if you don't talk about money, you're never going to make any of it. So let's start talking. Each episode, Nicole and I will debate a tricky question about money and then bring in a celebrity judge to decide who's right. So let's get uncomfortable. Hey, Nicole, have you ever worked with a close friend or family member? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've worked with friends. Have you? Uh, yes, I have. Actually, I've hired a couple friends in magazines, and also I wrote a novel with my wife. Yeah, your best friend. Yes, but have you ever fired a friend? Mm, actually, I don't think so. I mean, thankfully, I haven't. I, I think that would be painful. Yeah, I think it would be super painful. In fact, I, I, we can hear just how painful it is. It was a two-year kind of anxiety-ridden um, journey that was that got pretty dark sometimes. So this is a guy named Mike Brown, and let me tell you his quick backstory here. So Mike started this company in the oil and gas industry back in 2013. He'd just gotten out of the Navy, and he'd gotten a tip about this big opportunity. It has to do with land and arbitrage, and I didn't fully understand it, but whatever. The point is, it was big. And so he and a business partner go in on this together and for years are absolutely killing it. Financially? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in two years, they'd broken eight figures in revenue. Wow. And, like, there was low overhead. Was, yeah, I know, right? It was just the two of them. So, like, profits were really strong. It was a great living. That's awesome. Good for them. Yeah. And so they finally get to the point where they want to bring on some sales staff. And Mike thinks, I know the perfect guy to hire. My brother. Mm. There's a couple reasons that I, I wanted to hire my brother. Uh, first, you know, I, I knew what I was getting, right? This is a known quantity. This is someone I've known my entire life. And... I knew that he would be exceptional in the role, but also, you know, I believe kind of this this integral type business where I want to I want to come to work and see the people that I that I care about and and see faces that I want to see every day. And so, it was just kind of a no brainer for me. Uh, and, and then on the other side of that, like uh, you know, this this company had created an incredible life of abundance for my business partner and I, and I wanted to share that with my with my family because. You know, they're incredibly important to me. Oh, I love Mike. That's so nice. I know it is. And for a while, like everything is working great. His brother is a good salesman and money keeps coming in. And a couple years later, they need another salesman. And so Mike's second brother leaves the military to join this company. I mean, if the company is doing great, that's great. And now that's a lot of pressure, though, for Mike, I'm assuming, to keep the business healthy. Right. Totally. And the pressure mounted because in 2018, there are some big changes in the oil and gas industry and it hurts Mike's business like really bad. In 2018, we we didn't even break even. We were we were actually in in the red. And uh, I've kind of created this whole this whole thing around my family and my brothers and had promised them a, you know, a uh, a low base salary, but with a with a you know really good incentive structure based on commissions, and and they weren't getting that. Uh, so they were struggling financially. You know the company was struggling financially, and uh, you know I think this is kind of where it became really difficult. Is if I was just a you know if I, if I had just hired employees, I would still care about them obviously, but I think the decision would have been easier to let them go and and do what's right for the company. But I've hired my brothers. 
Ugh. Mike, I mean, that sounds excruciating. So here, I get it. He tried to share good fortune with his brothers, and now he's sharing bad fortune with them. And these brothers left their job or the military or whatever they were doing for their brother Mike, and now they're all struggling, and this is a bad situation. But I'm assuming what Mike laid them off then? Well, he so he thought about it, but for for a while, Mike just figured, you know, like I'll, I'll keep paying their salaries, even though the company is losing money, and maybe things will turn around. But then, you know, that just created new stress because, like, Mike has this business partner, you know, and 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 uh, these guys aren't his business partner's brothers, and so the business partner is not exactly ready to keep losing money for these other guys, and so it just it just became a terrible situation. Right. Well, it feels like Mike has to fire his brothers. I'm assuming he did that, right? Well, maybe. But that, Nicole, is the question we're going to debate today. Ooh. And I want to leave the Mike story on a cliffhanger what? right now. I yes. I hate when you do this. A cliffhanger. You're leaving me in suspense? Be- yes, because I think that we should debate what he should do before we actually hear what he did. And you clearly feel... Like Mike should fire his brothers. Without a doubt. And I think that he has a responsibility to his brothers because he brought them on to this company. They trusted their careers to him. And so Hmm. he should not fire his brothers. So let's debate. And then at the end of this, we're going to bring in our celebrity judge, as always, to decide who's right. And in this episode, we have celebrated fashion designer Rebecca Minkoff, who built her company with her brother, Uri Minkoff. So we'll hear from her, and then at the very end, I will reveal what Mike actually did. All right. Nicole, I'm going to start with my statistics. Oh, my God. I know, but I think that this is important. Just fine. Get it out of the way. All right. I know you're going to do it. So so. we at Entrepreneur, this is reciting my own statistics now. This is very exciting. (laughs) Oh, this is next level. We at Entrepreneur partnered Uh with SurveyMonkey audience, surveyed a thousand people to find out if they work with friends or family. And it was really interesting because 78% of respondents said that they had worked with a close friend, family member, or significant other. And 87% of them said that it was a good experience, which is actually way higher than I would have thought. But... Here's the thing. Um, There's always a but. Well, the but is the thing that we're talking about right now. Things will go wrong. Of course. So if you're going to pair up with a family or friend, something's going to go wrong. And then you're going to have to figure out how to possibly end this complicated relationship in which you fused family or friend and business. And so by arguing that Mike should fire his brothers, you're saying like, these things are totally separate. That's and right. you have to treat them like employees and not brother employees. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like if he fires them, they're not going to be brothers anymore. But they might but be brothers that hate business, each other. business in the end of the day. I mean, tell me when you've worked with have you worked with a family member? I mean, outside of writing the novel with my wife, no. Okay, so But I have worked with friends. Okay, like so have I. And yeah. I've really siloed that relationship. Mm-hmm. So I will you know, text, personal stuff, and then I'll use a work email in the same way that I would talk to any other employee. And Mm. I have a conversation 
straight up in yeah. the beginning. And I say, you know, this is business. So there's no blurred lines and there's no hurt feelings. But in the end of the day, it's a business. It's not a charity. It's not a family reunion. There are friends that I have who work with their family members, like this one guy, Joe, and his dad is also Joe. So I remember sitting with him one time and he was like, well, Joe said this about the business. And at first I was like, homeboy is talking in about third himself. person. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, but that's his dad. Why didn't he just say dad? And then he was talking about his dad in a business context. So when he talks about his family members in a business context, he uses their first names. Oh, so like that's instead of dad, he's like literally he says, referring yeah. to people differently. That's right. Huh. That's a really strong mental siloing happening. No, I know a lot of people who are in business with their mom or dad, and they don't say mom or dad, and they call them by their first name. So this all sounds totally fine until things go wrong. Right? Because like when they go wrong, how can people not feel like the business decision is also a personal decision? But don't you feel like getting fired is a personal decision regardless? Yeah. I mean, people can take that personally no matter what. Yeah, totally. Which is why it's way easier to do it when you're just like firing a person who was a stranger before you hired them. But I really, really resist the idea of doing something for a cold business purpose when you started without making a cold business decision, right? So the reason that Mike hired his brothers was not just because they were good salesmen, but because he wanted to share his fortune with his brothers. And he brought them in because he wanted to fuse that personal relationship with the business relationship. It was right there in the decision. He easily could have hired anybody else. There were a lot more people that aren't his brother than there are people who are his brothers. And so he could have hired somebody else, but he didn't. He made a decision that was a fusion of personal and business. And I think that it's unfair to then say, oh, you know what? Now it's hard time. So now these aren't these aren't together anymore. Now they're separate things. Well, OK, so that's really interesting because you're bringing it back to an important point in hiring to begin with. Like, yes. I don't think then you should hire somebody because they're your brother or because they're your friend. And if they're not qualified, Qualified for the job. Like if they are qualified and that's what you're looking for and they happen to be a friend or they happen to be a brother, then great. But yeah. that's, I think, where you first need to nail it and you have to have the conversation from the get go. Yes, I agree with that. And maybe the answer for some people is to just not hire friends or family because then you don't have to get yourself into this situation. But if you're going to, then I think that you've made a commitment to yourself and to that other person that you're going to act a little bit differently. Like you're going to make decisions that are slightly different. But that's so messed up. I mean, then you have a lot of resentment from other employees. Like I've seen this before where, you know, somebody was running a family business and you would see on their glass door page so many comments about how they're treating their brothers differently because, you know, they are brothers. And mm -hmm. if it were anyone else, they would fire them. And a lot of other employees felt super resentful about that. Yeah, then that's a terrible that was a terrible decision. And I don't think I mean, listen, I don't think that I don't think that you should treat somebody more favorably just because they're close to you, you know, like, but. I think that when it comes down to the really, really hard time of what it is, it, you have somebody else's 
livelihood in your hands, if you are deciding whether or not to fire them, you you are literally deciding whether or not they continue to draw a salary and feed their families. And if you had made the decision at the very beginning that the reason you wanted them on board was not just because they're a good salesman or whatever, and even if they are, but also because you wanted to provide for them, which is functionally what has happened here, then I think that you are responsible for continuing to provide for them. Yeah, but that's business. You're not then doing it then to you just violated share your the, wealth. Then you violated the, the the principle of business by hiring them in the first place. Like the, the, the original sin happened a long time ago. Yeah, but in taking that job, if I was one of the brothers, you know, I would go in eyes wide open and say, business is not rainbows and butterflies all the time. Like mm-hmm. they're going to be ups and downs and... You know, you have to weather those downs in a business because, you know, I'm not going here just to make all the money. Like, we could do that or we could lose the money. That's what happens in business. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that's really, really easy to say from the comforts of a podcast studio and a lot totally harder. True. I totally get that. But I think you can compartmentalize, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member. I think it's awesome to work with friends or people that know you really well because you have the advantage. You know, there are some people that draw a super hard line and a super hard boundary and say, like, I will not mix friends or family and business. And I get that because you can get into these situations. I don't draw that hard line. I just think you have to be super, super upfront and you can compartmentalize. I remember my ex got into a massive, massive lawsuit with somebody that worked for him Mm, and was also a friend and like they'd go on vacations together and all sorts of stuff. And this was a crazy lawsuit, like tons of lawyers, tons of money, all sorts of nastiness. At the end of the day, they like got a drink together. They totally compartmentalized. Even though they were like suing each other to death in the really. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And you know what? They should teach a master class in that. Like I've never heard that before. I think that people can do that in a lot of senses. And if you are friends, you have to do that. And a lot of these things, you just have to remind people, are not personal. And when you have that underlying personal relationship, it feels personal. And I get that. So I think it's really about handling yourself from both ways with self-awareness and saying from the outset, you know, this is not going to affect our relationship. And when difficult things happen, be like, listen, this is not personal. This is business. And this is the business decision that I would make. In an ideal world, that sounds awesome. In reality, I feel so I family backstory for me. Um, My grandfather, my mom's dad, my grandfather had some kind of huge split with a a brother or something. I don't even know the full story because I never got to know that uh, that part of the family. They had run a business together. It had gone south, like everything exploded and the family was like, permanently split and there was there was animosity to their dying days and and I just I didn't there was a whole part of the family that I don't know because of this business that I don't know anything about and I I would imagine that many many people have a story just like that because they combined family and business and then either maybe weren't as upfront and able to hold on to the the separation in their heads as as you're proposing here or they just fell victim to the reality of the situation which is that mixing these two things can be really combustible 
Yeah, but for every one of those stories, there's also an awesome story. And so what ends up happening, yes, I know you love some stats, but this becomes really anecdotal. And then you overweight those anecdotes. And the truth is, like, in any relationship, we can talk about shitty divorces that ended horribly. And you can talk about really lovely divorces that ended amicably. Mm -hmm. And that really depends on the individual, and it depends on the dynamic, and it depends on how they've handled that situation. You can be confronted with the same set of circumstances in two different sets of people can handle it differently and have a different outcome. And you've seen this. I think this happens a lot in business that you sometimes need to put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror. Hmm. Right. And you need to have some of your own self-reflection in how you're handling. Maybe it was bad on you to hire them and that's okay. And you need to say, I forgive my former self, but what we're going to do moving forward is not the same thing. And I need to learn and grow as an entrepreneur. That's a learning and growing opportunity, I think, for the employer, for the boss. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's great. I'm all about learning and growing. Though if I were the learner learner and grower, I don't know that I would want to like have that change happen at the expense of my brother's ability to make a living. Okay, but here's the thing, Jason. I know that you're like my soul brother and I'm your soul sister. (laughs) And we spend a lot of time together. So it feels like one happy hush money family. But I think we should ask someone who actually works with her family every day. What do you think? That's a good point. Is it time for Rebecca Minkoff? It is Minkoff time. Rebecca Minkoff is a fashion designer known worldwide for her accessible handbags, accessories, footwear, and apparel, and host of the podcast Super Women with Rebecca Minkoff, where she speaks to incredible female entrepreneurs who share their fears, failures, and struggles, and how they got through it. And she's known here in the Hush Money studio for a moment in Us Weekly a few years ago. Maybe you missed it, but I have it right here, Rebecca. Uh, Nicole and some lady named Kim Kardashian. <laughs> what? Who were wearing wore it best? the same who Rebecca Minkoff jacket, best. and they were this. put side by side in a Who Wore It Best? It happened. And I mean, I'm sorry to say, Kim won. That it, there would be something very wrong in the world if this nerdy Jewish finance girl won a fashion contest over a Kardashian. I mean, saying. I gotta say, I prefer your look better. Oh, oh my god! No offense to Kim, but that belt. The shorts, the platform. I hate those platforms. Oh, my gosh. I love I you, Kim, but that style is... <laughs> thank you. It's, it's owed. down. So, Rebecca, yes. thank you for being here. My pleasure. Fashion is not actually why we've gathered here today. It's because of family. Rebecca has built her Rebecca Minkoff brand with her brother, Uri Minkoff, at her side. He's the CEO of the company. And, Rebecca, although your partnership is undeniably successful today, surely there were many ups and downs along the way. So you'll have plenty of personal experience to pull from here because our question of the episode is... Mike hired his two brothers, and then his company started to tank, and he's deciding whether or not to fire his brothers. Nicole says, yes, it's all business. She is cold-hearted. Get rid of them fast. I say it was a non-business decision to bring them into the company, and therefore it has to be a non-business decision how their relationship with the company ends. Rebecca, it's time for you to design the most beautiful thing we've ever seen, which is your declaration that one of us is right. Who is right? I would say if if there were a scale mm-hmm. of rightness and wrongness, I'm going to go with Nicole. Mm. Yeah. Only because you are running a business and unless they are part of the solution, this is not a handout, right? And there's plenty of times where I should have been fired and my brother should have been fired. 
Um, I think if they fired me, they wouldn't have a company. So harder. like that was impossible yeah. to do, right? Or and same same with him as the CEO. But if if we had had any other jobs that were not contributing to the overall success, the other one would have been gone. Did you actually get to the point where you were like looking at each other and we're like, one of us has to go? To no, Center, but we have leaves. gotten in fights where I'll be like, I quit. And then he's like, I quit too. And <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, okay, now what do we do? I'll see you at work tomorrow. <laughs> How did this process play out in your head at times where you were like, I have to fire my brother or my brother has to fire me? So technically I can't fire him because he's the CEO. So he could fire me mm. um, if he if he wanted to, but he'd have to get board approval to do that. Um, and that's never been the case because our board are our investors or our sole investor now. And so what are they going to do? Like if they don't have the name. Yeah. You feel pretty locked in. I, I'm I'm kind of safe. Yeah. I'd you know, so. I mean, people might not want to hear that, but it's a little hard, you know. Yeah. But we've had the situations in the past where if we didn't agree with our former investors, we both threatened to walk and we own a majority of the company together. So, you know. It's scary to have anyone say that to you, but it helped us achieve certain goals we had that we really violently disagreed with, with our past people. How do you... What? what? I thought of something. I thought of a sort of a similar situation. Yeah. We had um, a partner within the company that was my brother's childhood best friend and my ex-boyfriend. Hold on. Let me map that up. My my eyes rolled up. So you dated dated your brother's friend. Correct. Okay. Got it. Uh, from and like then hired him. 20 to 21. And then he came in uh, to the business and worked for like five years. And you could see that his role maxed out. This wasn't an area that he came from and he couldn't do anymore. And we sat down. And we said, you got to go. So it was like firing family, you know, because we've known him since I was not, you know, eight. Yeah. And I think it was like really hard, but we did it in the most positive way. And we're still friends and everyone's Mm. cool. And he still has, you know, a share of the company. But we were like, there's no day to day role for you here. You can't do the job that's needed. And we got to use that money and free it up for someone who can. So I think it's fair. Do you think that you did that the same way as you would have done it if he was not connected to you? No, but he also had a piece of the company. So the process of, of you know, winding down his day-to-day was very different than an employee that you sit down and you're like, hey, you're fired. In the end of the day, it's business. It is business. You can't be homeless and have friends around you. You can't be homeless. But I've also taken that attitude with, you know, my staff. You know, for the last uh, 13 years, I've been like, mommy, like, come to me, cry on my shoulder. I'm here for you. And after a while, someone was like, you have employees to get a job done and to hopefully do their job better than you. And if that's not happening and you're cuddling them and I hope they can do it, like, that's not what this is about. This is about, like, everyone having a great career and doing a good job and hopefully making some money, you know? Yeah. So that's a funny thing because so many companies like to talk about our staff is like a family. We're a family here. You're making a face. But that's what you were trying to do at first, right? You were like, we're a family. You're and then family. you realize that they, you can't be a family. Guess what happens when you say that you're a family? Then your employee comes to you and is like, oh, I got a $50,000 raise. I'm out. And you're like, but we were family. And they're like, no, we're not. Because I just got a really good opportunity for my career. So I think you have to look at it like, yes, you want to have camaraderie and compassion and care. But like, People are going to take right opportunities and you also have to staff up to people, you know, that are going to help you get the work done. Is that difficult as you guys have grown to staff up and to hire like grownups, so to speak, in some positions? We've made a lot of bad hires, but mostly in 
positions of senior management where those people didn't know how to do the work anymore and didn't, you know, we are a pretty flat organization. And so like when you hire a senior person, they don't have their doers. It makes it really difficult to like get stuff done and then they just freak out. So we we stopped hiring them. And do you have, aside from your brother, anyone that you would consider like real family, like the ex-boyfriend or anybody else working with you now? That's real. So my head designer has been with me for 12 years. So she's like family. Gotcha. And so if you had to fire her or if your brother had to fire her, do you think that conversation would be different? Than a regular firing? Yeah. It would be terrible. It would Mm -hmm. be like, that's one. So maybe now I'm on your side, Ah. Jason. I like it. <laughs> she said that, listen, this Kardashian. would be hard. This, I would be like, we have to spare her under all circumstances. But if push came to shove and the business were, if, you know, bad designs were causing sales to go down, I'd have to take an honest look at it and be like, hey, time for a refresh. Like maybe we part ways. But I would make sure she was taken care of. You would do it differently. Yeah. But I mean, 12 years of your life. Right. Going to China four times a year. That's commitment. Yeah. It's a lot of airplanes. She's seen parts of China. It's a lot that... of airpl- airplane peanuts. So many airplane peanuts. I know. Yeah. It's a lot of allergies. In the beginning, we could only afford economy. That's a 14 hour economy class ticket. That's oh, no yeah. fun. Yeah, no, even... yeah, that's a real sob story that you're bringing up here. <laughs> oh, you stop. That's why I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I'm with Rebecca. It's not awesome. 14 hours and you go to work in a factory and, you know, it's not yeah. glamorous. No. No, listen, you work hard so you don't have to sit in economy. <laughs> Or just get the miles. Yeah. The peanuts have to be better in first class, right? They're like jumbo peanuts. They're warm. Have you noticed that? Ooh. And have spices on them. (laughs) Oh. Um, Is it true? I'm going to bring up some stuff. I'm ready. Is it true that you and your brother went to corporate couples therapy? Yeah, we do. You do? This year we have yet to go, but every year, at least once a year, we go and we get it all out. And Mm. that's been really helpful. And I advise it for siblings who are in business together to like go to a mediator, not like a therapist, but a person who's trained in business to like see both sides, understand the business, understand the dynamics. And we kind of go in, we vomit, and then we, you know, kind of take responsibility for the things we could have done better. We set ground rules that we literally write down. This is how I'm going to treat you. I'm not going to send you angry text messages at night that ruin your, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and we sign it and we walk away with like, this is our new agreement of how we're going to act and treat each other and do's and don'ts. And it does help because no matter who you're in business with, when you add the layer of family, it can just make it that much more stressful and intense. Yeah. Do you you think that if your CEO wasn't your brother, you would have an easier or harder time with that relationship? So I think the easy part would be there wouldn't be those emotions that you've obviously grown up with. And I could probably just not not feel like I have to tiptoe sometimes around how I want to say things. But at the other side, like he has my back all the time. I trust him implicitly. And if this was someone that I hired, I'd be like, okay, how, how invested in this company are they as much as, as much as he is? And probably no one would be. Yeah. And how much has that like verbal diarrhea in therapy like changed over the years? Was it really intense in the beginning? And has it become easier now that you guys have found a better way to communicate and are less passive aggressive and, you know, have learned and grown? I think um, it's been like a up and down. I think, you know, there was a time where it was when 
we were growing so quickly and so rapidly, there was no time to fight. And then you encounter your first like recession and then you're like, hmm, what are you doing wrong? What are you doing wrong? Why are why are we affected by the recession? Or whatever occurs, right? Um, and then you, we had our first big blowout therapy appointment or counseling appointment. And then we were good for like six months. And then we hit a roadblock. And so I'd say the last year and a half has been really great. Like we hardly fight at all. Um, and if the other one's starting to like really just start in on it, the other one would be like, dude, stop. Like let's wait for our time. And do you guys have family time where there's no business discussions, like where there's boundaries or talking business stuff is off limits, like at a picnic in the park with your kids and whatever? So he has four kids and I have three and they're all incredibly close. So most of the time when we're all together, there's no talk of business at all. Our spouses a few years ago, like at Thanksgiving, were like, really? Like enough. So we really make it Unless it's really urgent, we won't talk about business in front of our family. Has that I, I always th- been a rule? I, I, I was I was just marveling at the amount of kids that is. As the, well, as they the have father a, they of two have, children, that is an exhausting second. amount of kids. <laughs> well, he is has a fifth on the way. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Jason, catch Boy, up. I, no. He can win that race. <laughs> I, I give him that race. <laughs> and is it easy to compartmentalize? Are you like, this is my brother and this is my CEO? Well, one time he said to me, he said, you can't talk to me like I'm your brother when we're like in a meeting and everyone is being professional. You can't be like the younger sister. Like there are organizational structures set up in a way where if I say, please do X, one must do that. And I was like, no. <laughs> that made him really mad. Oh, I didn't expect that end of the story because that is, that is very good advice. He's right, though, right? Like yeah. I should treat if it, if as the CEO he says, please, I need some blue bags for the season because they're selling well, and I'm like, uh-uh, not gonna do it. <laughs> like I probably should respect that, but but you don't. I mean, now I do. Oh, okay. But, yeah. I was gonna say that's a subject for the next <laughs> next therapy Round session. Two. Yeah. <laughs> what would you then say to Mike with the brothers? He is currently in this situation. The company is currently tanking, and his brothers are currently sitting at their desks feeling terrible. What does he do? I'm going to tell him. I'm going to say, Mike, you're going to sit those two bros down, and you're going to say, I love you, and you're my family, and I brought you into this business because I wanted to help you and make something great. Unless today you are going to be part of the turnaround and the solution and you're going to roll your sleeves up and you're going to work harder than you've ever worked and provide some value and help me, I actually have to let you go. So you need to decide, you know, are you in or are you out? And then see what they say. Doesn't it also create animosity among the other employees if you're giving these guys like a pass just because they're your brothers? Totally. Just because family? Yes, that's true. And that is a problem at this company currently. Well, then then it depends what he wants to have, like employees with no morale and like, why do I work for a nepotist? What do you tell people when they're thinking about going into business with family? I just say you have to have very specific ground rules for how you're going to act, what your roles are, who's doing like the the work and really define that because. You know, you can look at my role and be like, oh, she just gets to do the fun stuff. And then he he's not here right now because he's like, I got to stay back. We have this emergency. Right. And so that can also in if you don't handle it properly, be a cause of resentment. Yeah. So you have to like set it up for 
expectations, what you each need and want from each other. And if you can't meet that, then that's not the right fit. What Can you give me some ground rules that people should use? Like, what are the ground rules? I mean, it's for each one differently. Like, there are some people that are like, I take the back, you take the front. Or if you get a great opportunity, you share in that in that with me. Or um, if I'm going to be the one working later, here are the things that I want. You know, like, he and I have very different lifestyles. And so we've had to really talk about, like, he likes to work late. And I'm like, I'm getting home because I love cooking dinner and I want to be there for my kids. And so it's like, how does that not set up resentment when I'm leaving every night at six? And he's like, oh, I'm working late again on my own. <laughs> I thought I had a partner. You know, that's not stuff he said. But like, you really have to talk through those scenarios. Yeah. I think if I had five kids at home, I'd like to work late, too. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Do you think that 50-50 ever works in a partnership? <laughs> That's just some parenting advice for folks right there. Totally. Thanks. This is great birth control for me. (laughs) um, For a partnership going in with family, do you feel like somebody has to have like the 51% where when shit hits the fan and like a big decision has to be made then somebody has? I think it goes back to, you know, respecting the rules of hierarchy within an organization. If you weren't family and someone was the CEO and you were the creative director, how would that work? Or whatever, whatever dynamic it is, someone is in the seat unless you're co-CEOs or, you know. Um, so I think it's like who gets at the end of the day that, that lay down the law? Well, Rebecca Minkoff, Thank you so much for coming in, despite you not agreeing with me. I loved being here. And if you ever need a fill-in, one of you is sick, call me. You're first on the list. Okay, good. So how does it feel? Two boss bitches ganging up on you, Jason. It feels like my sisters just fired me. (laughs) So I uh, am now going to reveal to you what Mike actually did. What did Mike do? Mike didn't fire his brothers, but he has been very frank with them that money is running out. Good. And the decision that they've come to is that one brother is going to join Mike on a new venture, and the other brother is out, and he is going to find another job. So it is adjacent to firing. But it's not axing like you would do with an employee. But maybe he will listen to this episode... And then be so inspired by you that he fires his brothers. How do you feel about that? I mean, I don't feel great about it now that you say it like that. I think you should feel fine about it. You're offering solid financial advice, backed by Rebecca Minkoff. Mike, fire those brothers. And send your resumes. To Nicole. And Rebecca. To Nicole and Rebecca. They are going to hire your brothers. That is so great. I feel so great. Nicole, it is so nice that you're going to hire Mike's brother. (laughs) That is so great of you. I didn't say I'm going to hire him. That is I just so said, nice of you. send the resume my way. You've already offered a raise <laughs> to Mike's brother? That is so nice. <laughs> and that is Hush Money. Hey, are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show. It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram. We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett. Thanks also to Mangesh, Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great iHeart team. Our sound editing is by Mary Duke. And a special thanks to my badass NBG team, Sabrina Anderson, Megan Nelson, and Kate Garrison. Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 